0: You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. The first half is in the books, and Sam and Steve are here to break it all down. Sam, how are we doing?
1: Steve, I'd be doing a lot better. I returned from vacation on Saturday back home in New Jersey for the rest of the week. And the Yankees started last week following up Domingo Herman's perfect game the prior week with two huge wins in the biggest series of the season to date against the Baltimore Orioles. Then they have a lead in the middle innings on Wednesday and they squash it. Get the asses kicked Friday. Don't show up. Or no, get their asses kicked Thursday. They don't show up Friday. And then Sunday. I'm going over some friends. Volpe and Higashioku go back to back. And they blow the game against the Cubs. Dog shit loss. I think it was the worst loss of the first half of the season. And they've lost four or five. They are out of playoff position as things stand. And Steve, we'll get into the schedule a little later, but this these are some season defining games for the Yankees coming out in the second half of the season right now they really really are headed into this second half on a low note I'm not doing that great right now
0: uh, uh, yeah and look the, the Baltimore series was was super important and like you said we won the first two and like if you said that we're gonna split versus Baltimore like I was could be fine with that but can't split that way you can't split when you win the first two, then you got a lead in the third, and then you just decide to stop showing up for the next 72 hours. That, like you said, one of the worst losses yeah, to finish, finish up the year two, then versus the Cubs. It's just a, 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 the opportunity to go out on a high note when you've had that first half that the Yankees had, and, and the way that they finished has just kind of been exactly how the season's gone. So currently they are 49 and 42, seven games above 500, one game back of that last wild card spot here. The Red Sox are right behind them. Uh, they're only one game back of last place in the in the AL East. Full full rundown of just the disappointment of a first half. So we'll talk about some disappointing players. We'll talk about some of the players that we did that kind of have saved the Yankees' season here. While Judge has been out, but then the Yankees make the first big move. First big move here, kind of a fall guy move, but but still a surprising move here. Uh, they fire the hitting coach, the first ever midseason firing by Brian Cashman of a coach. So while it doesn't seem like that significant getting rid of Dylan Lawson it's, it's a pretty big move for Cashman um, and then the hiring of Sean Casey, who I who I remember from way back in the the days uh, of him on the the Cincinnati Reds and he t- took some time with the Tigers. Um, very surprising move there. He does have connections to, to Aaron Boone um, but but big big change of pace and big kind of change of philosophy. For the Yankees, which is, I guess, a good step heading into this, because the offense was it was horrible this first half, and if, if this didn't change, they're not a they're not a playoff team, to be honest with you. So um, we'll see how how important a hitting coach can be. But you're gonna see some pretty big, you know, philosophical changes here from an analytical guy who never played baseball to Sean Casey, kind of a grinded out 300 hitter. So what do you, what do you think about that move to uh, to kind of end the first half?
1: I don't know. I don't think it's Dylan Lawson's fault that Brian Cashman employs Josh Donaldson or that DJ LeMahieu has been declining ever since he signed that contract with the Yankees. I'm not sure either are his fault. Uh, I know they made a big chance bringing up Anthony Volpe, who has come on a lot in the last month, but he struggled a lot in the early going I'm not sure you could put any of this on him, but I'm all for it. Something needed to happen, and I think Sean Casey is a very, very solid hire to make. He does not have coaching experience, but you look at him on MLB Network, and some of the things that he says on that side really, really have me encouraged. I hope he's able to bring that to the Yankees and he doesn't get fed this analytical bullshit, whatever. I'm for it, like I said. It can't can't make it worse. It cannot be worse. When? And this is a guy who knows Aaron Boone, played with him for six seasons in Cincinnati. I'm excited about this. I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but something had to be done.
0: Look, the Yankees are batting 231 uh, on the season, 28th in Major League Baseball. They have a 300 on base percentage, 26th in Major League Baseball. That's not Yankees baseball. Even the analytical stuff has been like, hey, uh, we'll take a little bit less of the the average here, but we're going to get on base. The Yankees just aren't getting on base. They're not taking walks. They're 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 looking weird in counts. And, and then, then look, they, it's it's a fun joke on Twitter here, but I, I think the, the the Volpe thing had had a huge significance here. The fact that he was able to look at his swing over some chicken parm and make some adjustments, and then become a completely different hitter, is a terrible look for the Yankees organization. And I'm for the analytics, but it's got to have some kind of eye test too. And when you have a rookie kind of making that change with his buddies at home, that just shows that the coaches aren't watching the same at-bats that we're watching, that the players are watching. They're looking more at the graphs, more at the numbers here, and trying to figure it out here. And I think that's going to be what something that Sean Casey can bring to the table. Sean Casey is going to be a guy that can just look at a guy's swing and be like, hey, you got to do this. You got to make some adjustments here. Um, so mix that in with some of the analytical side of it is a big um it's a big opportunity, I think, is what for for Casey. Like you said, never never had a, a coaching job. Does he want to do this? Because he's got that Mob gig here. He's, I guess he'll take a half year off of that. But there's there's an opportunity for for the Yankees and for Casey to to make some big adjustments here because you can't be batting two thirty and one of the worst hitting teams in baseball. So I don't know how, I, when you look at the numbers side of it from the hitting, it's it's amazing the Yankees are seven game games over five hundred. So we'll we'll see how that that change can uh, can make a difference and how quickly it can make a difference. You know, I, none of these guys, if they play with the Yankees, they've never dealt with a coaching change in the middle of the season here. But then it does open up the door to: Are there other people on the hot seat, or is this the only one move they're gonna make from a coaching side of it all? But it's a uh, it was kind of that 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 you know typical weekend news dump of like ah we're making the change and then we're going into the to the break. I kind of want to know. How long? How long ago was it that that they knew this firing was going to happen? Were they just gonna be like, all right, like a week ago? They're like, he's getting fired no matter what. But let's, let's just wait to the All Star break. And at that point, you just, just do it to get it over with. Like I don't know why you would have waited, but it would feel weird that there would have been a, a a you know immediate decision after that that Cubs game, which like you said, I think it was the worst loss uh, of the year here. So the Yankees got a lot a lot of work to do. Let's go let's go kind of back and forth here. Give me your number one player for the Yankees in the first half.
1: It's a guy who's only played 49 of 91 games. It's Aaron Judge on the offensive side of things. If you're talking about, it's a difficult question. I mean, Garrett Cole pitches every fifth day, but Garrett Cole was the Yankees' best player start to finish. So I'll go with Garrett Cole for the offense. I don't mind the Judge answer, though,
0: because if you look at all the stats here, he's still leading the team in all these stats. (laughs) The
1: team is totally different when he plays. It's a toss-up for me between Cole and Judge, but I'm getting a flip-flop to my original answer. It's going to be Judge. He he still leads the Yankees (laughs) in every major offensive category. It's just remarkable. Batting average, although he doesn't qualify for that anymore. Home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage. In terms of base hits, uh, they're Has him in that department. But I can't believe... It should not be like this without Judge in the lineup. And if you're talking about the most valuable player for the Yankees in the first half, highlight the word "valuable." It's Aaron Judge, and I can't believe I flip flopped to Cole for a little bit. Although no <laughs> disrespect to Cole, he's starting been awesome. the All Star game. Starting the All Star game. Congratulations, awesome moment for him. But it's Judge for me.
0: I think that, I think that's fair. I like think you said he's like still leading the team in home runs, still leading RBIs. He's you know his ombre percentage is over 400 where the team is barely at, at 300 and our goal was to get to the All Star break and then get Judge back and we'll figure it out here and and sadly every time we get on here and talk that that timeline has it continues to get pushed back we don't know where that timeline is now uh, I thought he'd be swinging bats playing rehab games this week he's not even swinging a bat I don't think yet I've seen him throw some couple videos of him throwing in the outfield but this is a this is an injury that's going to affect him all year. It seems quite obvious that he needs surgery on it, and he's going to wait till after the season for it. But, you know, without judge, this this train's not going. It's not going anywhere on the offensive side of things. And it'll be interesting to see if he's not back and where this team is at, at, at the trade deadline of what, what the Yankees are going to to look to do here. I'll kick it off with the most disappointing player here. I think it's too obvious, and I just don't even want to talk about him, so I'm not going to say Josh Donaldson. But I think it's going to be DJ LeMahieu for a little bit here. This is someone that we should have count We have been able to count on. He had his foot issue last year. He said he's fully healed. He didn't opt for the surgery in offseason. He went for the rehab option here, and it hasn't translated back into the, the DJ that we know. This guy is batting 220. He should be a 320 hitter. That's, that 100 points there is a huge difference for this Yankee lineup. I look at the lineup card here, and every time it comes up, I'm like, man, should DJ be batting like seventh or eighth now? And, and that can't happen, especially when you have the injury to judge. You know, we were kind of Rizzo had a had a, a strong first half of the first year and, and it fizzled off here. But he's been playing basically to what we expected here. You know, Glaber's been 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 decent all, all around, minus the the, you know, the mental lapse. You wanted to be able to count on like those two guys that you know you're getting for it. But most importantly, you know exactly what you're getting from DJ LeMahieu, and all of a sudden we're not getting that. He he can't be he can't be batting two twenty when we looking at this lineup and hitting you know, third or fourth and playing all around. He says the foot's fine. He says he's you know, had some mechanical tweaks that he's never really had to deal with in his career. But looking at this year and, and beyond, the Yankees are in trouble if this is the new D.J. LeMayu. He's he's 34 years old. He's got plenty of time left on his contract. And last last seven games batting 130. Last 30 games, D.J. LeMayu was batting 174 his last 30 games. You can't have that. You can't have that when you're trying to fight for a playoff spot when your your MVP is on the bench here. So I'm I'm picking DJ minus you know uh, you know Do- Donaldson's obviously the winner. Stain's probably right behind him, but but we can't get over, can't stop overlooking here the disappointing season we've seen from from DJ LeMahieu. Even
1: when the slugging went down a little bit a few years ago, he was still a 260 270 hitter. Although he was a singles hitter, which the Yankees were not paying 15 million dollars a year for. I love the pick. He's been really bad. He's been late on a lot of pitches. He's a real anchor bringing this lineup down right now. And I don't know if things are going to change. Willie, I don't expect him to get back to being a 2, or excuse me, a 320 hitter. But I feel like 270, 280 out of him for a guy who does not hit a lot of home runs, who never hit a lot of home runs, is a, a realistic expectation um, to change things up a little bit, I'm going to go with a guy who missed the first two months of the season, and that's Luis Severino. Ooh, he has pick. a negative 1.1 war in nine starts. And he's he the worst is pitcher in baseball right now. Two quality starts in nine games, 42 and two-thirds innings, 58 base hits, 19 walks. He's nearly walking a guy every other inning. It's bad, like you said. Statistically... He is the worst pitcher in baseball right now. He's got an ERA, well over seven. This guy absolutely stinks, and it's so sad because you go, go back to 2017, 2018, lights out pitcher, especially for that first half of 2018. I don't know what's happened to him. There's been a lot of injuries. He's in a contract year, and oh boy. Are things really bad for him right now?
0: And, Sam, it's even worse because it started pretty good. Like I said, he got hurt. He was coming back. His first two starts in May versus the Reds, who are a fun team, and versus the Padres, who had big expectations, you know, combine those games, he went 11 innings, two earned runs, 10 strikeouts. And you're like, oh, boy, Sevy's back. So if he came in right off the, get, off the bat and was putting up, you know, absolute stinkers, then you're just like, all right, he, he, he's hurt, he's done, he lost it. But then you kind of look at those first two games, and you're like, what the, what the heck's going on after that? Then he had that Dodgers debacle where he could barely, you know, give up six runs in the first inning. He had one good game versus Texas in June. But but overall, the, the life on the fastball is not there. He's getting – that like, Seve used to blow people by. He would blow people away and kind of put them away with some nasty stuff. It's just contact after contact. Especially, it's frustrating when you're watching him pitch, you know, versus when you, the Yankees lineup is in. Because, like, he's going out there and he's he's laboring through every inning and he's given up a ton and ton of hits. He's given up 19 hits in the past six innings. And then the Yankees aren't helping him at all because they're going one, two, three with their shit lineup. So he's back on the mound within 30 seconds. Um, so he's getting tired quicker here. Um, but it, it's been a, a struggle, struggle, struggle for, for Severino here. And. You kind of got to wonder how long is he going to be in the rotation? You know, do you start looking outside of the, the system here for for so, some additional starts, maybe in a trade? You know, Randy Vasquez has been pretty good. Uh, Johnny Brito has been better than Severino. Do you start, when do you start looking to pull back the starts here? Eventually, Nestor Cortez will be back in, in August. Um, I, I'd say, you know, <laughs> I think we spent every other episode talking about who is going to come out of the rotation once these guys get healthy, and we, we never mentioned Severino as, as the option of just not sticking in their rotation, but maybe you see what he can do in the pen and see if he can give you a one inning of work here because he's basically giving you one to two innings as a starter but giving up seven runs.
1: That's a really good point, Steve, and you're talking about Severino when Nestor Cortez has been transferred to the 60-day IL, but he's starting to get some work in. He's going to be thrown in a bullpen in Anaheim when the Yankees are there next week. And he's eligible to come off the IL in the beginning of August. If Severino continues to do this, when Cortez is able to come back, is he the one that replaces Severino in the rotation? And do you go with a Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez type of platoon here for the fifth starter? And then you have Redone back as well, who was promising against the Cubs, which, you know, it, it really stunk to see the Yankees play this way towards the end of the second half. But redone coming back strong was definitely something to write home about. I think you at least consider it. I know when he came back from injury uh, a few years ago, the Yankees had him in the bullpen once or twice, Yep, Severino. So it's not something he would be totally unfamiliar with. I-, I think you have to at least explore the idea because I-, I was texting some buddies the other day. When he has those starts like he did – against the Dodgers, and like he did against Baltimore, you're not even giving your team a chance
0: to compete. It's over. It's, it's over before they even get to the bat. You can't
1: be playing like that when you're trying to clinch a playoff spot. Can't have pitchers like that. You have to explore it because, like I said, like you said, the game's over with a 5- or 6-1 first inning. And the, the Yankees have other options because Brito and – uh, Randy Vasquez have he, shown they've been competent on, on multiple occasions to get your twelve outs, to get you fifteen outs, and not have the game be totally out of hand.
0: Yeah, and with the bullpen that that's been the strength. You know, you know, we, we bullpen doesn't get talked about enough on on you know podcasts around the world. But you know, the bullpen's been been a strength, so we don't we don't need him to go seven eight innings here. We don't need him to go six seven innings. I uh, just give me a, give me a fifth starter, which is what I'm counting Severino as right now. Give me four two thirds. Give me five innings, but. It's, it's, the innings are rough to watch when he's out there. He's laboring and they're just, it's just lasers. It's like lucky, there's lucky to get outs because the ball's being hit so hard and they just happen to hit it at a fielder. That's, that's how he's getting his outs in his past few starts. So that's, uh, that's, it's been a, been a huge, huge disappointment there. Um, Let's go with the bigger, biggest surprise, I guess, kind of can be surprised in a disappointing way or, or in, in, a, in a good way. But I'm going to start, you know, keeping with the, the, the negativity here of I'm just surprised at the, the, the lack of everything from Oswaldo Cabrera. He everybody wanted him to win the left field job over Aaron Hicks, which he did coming out of camp and you know he got there and he was going to be our, our versatility guy there were some injuries you know for, you know in the outfield we've had a ton of injuries even Donaldson was down for a little bit here so the opportunity has been there for him to play and then just overall it just it's just something's lacking from Cabrera that that was there in September and into the kind of the playoffs last year um this was a big opportunity for him he he, he hasn't really come through He's still played in 74 games this year, but he's batting 204. not really getting on base at all, with, you know, walking wise. Um, and then he's kind of had some misplays in the outfield, where that was kind of his his bread and butter last year was just throw him in any position. He's gonna be a plus fielder, including in the outfield, which he's never played before. So um, just just a, a, a kind of a not a disappointment, but a a, a bummer, a bummer pick of uh, I wanted Ozzy to be to be a little better and 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 surprise and delight us here. And kind of steal and make him be in the lineup every every game, and and I don't see him going to be in the lineup too often here. We're we're, we're playing way different guys over him <laughs> instead, you know, deep down in the forty men.
1: It's disappointing. Is it in two oh four and seventy four games, hundred eighty one at bats? He was someone I had high expectations for, especially when the Yankees bypassed signing Andrew Benintendi, let them walk to the Chicago White Sox. He was the one that everyone was cheering for, like you said, to win the job out of spring training, and he did. The results just haven't been there. The Yankees aimed to make him an everyday player, and he was kind of exposed in that role. And if you go back to last year when the Yankees called him up, he was their number 25 prospect. He was in the 20s. He was not some highly rated guy coming up out of the farm system. Is that showing a little bit right now? I don't know, but... I think a big thing when you look at guys who have lightning in a bottle in short-term stints, when uh, Oswaldo came up last year in early August, played two months, played in the postseason, had a big moment, hit that home run in Cleveland in the ALDS. Pitchers have a 100-something at bats. to you now. They they know tendencies. Yeah, they figured them out. They have, they have film. Is that the case right here? I think it's something that not a lot of people talk about in sports when it comes to hitters pitchers quarterbacks in football you name it yeah so i i think that's could be a reason uh that he's not making adjustments to pitchers or, or, or finding ways to attack them
0: yeah maybe it could be the, the hitting philosophy too because it kind of came up you know he's with the, you know in, in the minors the whole all last year then kind of came up and just did his thing and now he's had a full year and kind of in the majors and expecting to be here, uh, and it struggled. I mean, you look at his numbers from last year to this year; that they're pretty close in terms of like you know the boring numbers, you know, home runs, RBIs, walks, strikeouts. They're all pretty similar. And then you looked at he played only forty four games last year and he's been in seventy four games this year. So it is you know the the balls. His batting average on balls in play was three oh five last year. It's at two thirty six here. So there's a big big drop off. And he's just not really getting too many too many walks. You know, he's he, with a two sixty on base percentage, uh, ain't gonna cut it. Even though he's supposed to be a bottom of the other guy here. He's a switch hitter. I thought he'd have some more pop from the left side. Um, I think all all four of his home runs this year are, for, are from the right side. So it, it's uh it's been a disappointing disappointing season for for Cabrera. Let's see if he can get some uh, um, maybe turn it around here. But he's gonna have to steal some at bats because, you know, the I think some of the surprising names that have helped the Yankees out have been the outfield spots of, you know, if you go back all the way like week one, Frenchie Cordera kind of lit fire. Then he disappeared. But, you know, then Billy McKinney kind of this, the, the same thing here. The Yankees always find these guys that are good for like 20 game stretches and then, and then tail off, you know, same way, you know, Jake Bowers has played 50 games. So these are guys in the outfield that you weren't expecting to, to be on the Yankees roster and, uh, and getting ample, ample uh, playing time. Um, giving it from the pitching side of, of things. I think we should go in the bullpen here. Like uh, bullpen wise, the biggest biggest that surprise, but biggest you know, clutch thing is just that um, they've been able to just replace guys left and right. Every name that kind of comes up or comes down, they've just found another guy to to pump out pump out strikeouts and to pump out you know uh, innings here. Clay Holmes is I think, Clay Holmes not being in the All Star games is a shame. Uh, you know Michael King's had a few bumps in the road to to end the year here to end the half here. But uh, I'm going to give it to you because we've been back for a little bit. Boy, it's nice to have Tommy pants back. Still, 0. 0.0 ERA in 15 innings. We're going to see this guy in some serious high-leverage situations in this second half here, and I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah, it was a shame the Cubs rallied off him Sunday after he inherited some runners, but yeah, he's overall been really good. One of Brian Cashman's best acquisitions. 15 in the third inning, still has not allowed an earned run. Uh, does not walk guys, which is one of my favorite things about him. It was one of my favorite things about him in his first stint with the Yankees. If you go back, the Yankees had the Batantis-Chapman tandem working. And that could, that could be never, 10
0: walks and in two innings if you if you you lose it. You never
1: knew where the fuck the ball was going sometimes. Canely <laughs> only has four walks in 15 and a third innings. And going back to his first tenure, like I said... Never was a big walks guy. Always has control of the zone. Throws strikes, which is huge for a reliever. Nothing pisses anyone off more than a reliever for their favorite team coming in and giving up a leadoff walk. Tommy Canely is not going to do that. Very good performances coming back here in 16 games. And they plug guys in. Like you said, Ian Hamilton. He's struggled on a little bit since appeal. coming back, though. Yeah. He's got to find that back. For sure. But. He's uh, been a guy they've relied on. Uh, And if we're talking about the bullpen, Albert Abreu as well. And Ron Marinaccio, again, has been pretty decent out of the bullpen. And you can't go leave the bullpen thing here without talking about a guy who the Yankees used quite a bit here. And who they'll be without the remainder of the season, Jimmy
0: Cordero. And they gone. used him and abused him, and then he did the same. So he's gone. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> it was just sitting right there. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> But yeah, I wasn't even going to bring him up, but yeah, he's gone. Um, we got Jonathan Loisaga, hopefully coming back at in sometime in, uh, in the second half here to, to take some innings there because he's only got three innings on the year. So, but I mean, this could be like tied into Severino. This could be a scenario where there is a position for him in the pen. It's another lively arm here could, could be a possibility because um, we are getting on the the games here. You know, Holmes has been Holmes and Marinaccio already at, at thirty eight games. Peralta's at ninety games. I'm mean, sorry, at forty games already. Um, so you know there is you know, to, you know Abreu at thirty one, and you know Cordero was in thirty one games. He pitched thirty two innings. So there are innings that that kind of needs to be replaced. Uh, in the bullpen
1: you're absolutely right about that uh wandy peralta a team high 40 appearances this season no one else has more than uh, maranaccio's got 38 clay holmes has 38 but wandy's got a couple more of, than each of them and every day wandy we, we've talked about him plenty of times great numbers 262 era He's got that nasty nasty change up one of Brian Cashman's best moves in the last couple of years
0: but but he has looked a little off when he's when he's being used this this often I think there is kind of a difference I'm seeing in him of like you could tell he's he's a little tired and uh, so I think they should dial him back a little bit because if he's gonna be exhausted you know in September those are going to be the important innings that we need from him uh, for the lefty lefty matchups So I am curious to see kind of the rest of the, you know, let's say the next two months, Peralta's workload. But you might not be at the luxury of doing that because you're fighting for a playoff spot here because your team can't hit the ball.
1: It's really a bit concerning that when we're we're talking about the Yankees, it's the biggest strength is their bullpen. And really, this is the most incompetent Yankees offense we have seen since maybe 2015, 16. I said uh, the 2016 offense was better than this one. But I said a while ago, this Yankees team reminds me of those 2013-14, especially the 14 Yankees team who lost their alpha in Cano in free agency and added some guys but couldn't replace this production. They bring Judge back, but Judge is not playing right now. He's played in, in less than half of the team's games, so... It's really, really rough goings right now. You have to ask yourselves, even though that they've had a rough couple of games in these during this losing four or five against the Orioles last week, and then not really sure you can blame them for Sunday with Glaber's booted double play ground ball. Yeah, well, that's what going to next. It's not really sure you can blame the bullpen, but it's been a huge strength. I just wish we could be saying this about the offense.
0: Yes, yeah. And look, it's there's, but that to to try and be positive, Steve, for a little bit, the the potential is there. We could say let's say the pitching the pitching, sorry, the hitting coach change, it, you know gives, gives us a little bit of a boost. It doesn't have to be a huge boost, but we just need a few more runs, and then that bullpen. Hopefully, we could we could just salvage. You know, right now we're on pace for eighty seven wins. You know, it's going to be a tight race. It's going to be a tight tight race. Like you're going to need ninety wins, I think, to, uh, to 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 get a wild card spot. So you got to figure out the moves you got to do. Got to, you know, We're going to be hearing Cody Bellinger's name, I think, a lot the next few weeks here. But it's going to come on, on the guys that we have on the roster. Ideally, Josh Donaldson's got a few weeks left in his Yankee tenure. And we see Oswald Peraza. Um, and then it's going to come down to guys like Anthony Volpe, who you know, we started off earlier with the, talking about him and some chicken parm. But he's had, when you look at it as a whole with those struggles for a rookie who's skipped AAA, I like these numbers. 13 home runs, 33 RBIs, 16 stolen bases, batting 216, um, and, and, and rising. i say the biggest surprise here is I'm, I'm shocked he only has 16 stolen bases. <laughs> After kind of those first few games, I, I thought we'd be looking at a guy that's going to be putting up, you know, 30, 40 stolen bases by the All-Star break.
1: Yeah, but at least he's turned a lot of other things around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm uh, not complaining. I'm his, just a little surprised though. No, it. I, I, I am surprised as well. In his last... 24 games where he's really turned things around offensively. A 300 hitter uh, since the series with the Mets started. He only has two stolen bases in that time. Surprising, because he's gotten on base. Everyone would trade the success at the plate for the stolen bases, but he's getting on base over 36% of the time in that stretch. Um, He's been caught twice during that span, so... He's only tried four times. I think he's got to be a lot more aggressive given this team struggles on offense. And he's batting all around the order. Lead off, eighth, ninth. He's in positions where he can be aggressive. And Yeah. I, did you I see
0: the clip of Rizzo saying that when he was batting lead off, that if he is on first base, Rizzo's not swinging until he's on third base?
1: I did not see that, no. That's...
0: Which is like, yeah, I agree. Great. If he gets on base to lead off a game, I, he should be on third base immediately. Yeah. Uh, uh, to interrupt I, you live here, I'm just, the Home Run Derby just ended and I had Randy Aruzarena to win and he just got exhausted the final 30 seconds and lost to Vlad Jr. to win the 2023 Home Run Derby.
1: little AL East battle right there, which uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely Come on, some Randy! good stuff out in the Pacific Northwest tonight. But I, I think Volpe going forward and tying back to your biggest surprise on the negative side... He is my biggest surprise on the positive side, given what he did offensively in the first half of the first half.
0: He has been 170.
1: Uh, I mean, barely unwatchable. And he raises his average over 40 points, hitting 216 now. His transformation offensively. Now, he, he finished the break um, hitting one of 16, but that – one hit was a big one. It was the one that should have been the game-winning hit in this Sunday game against the Cubs. However, I I think his flipping the script
0: huge he, positivity for him. Even though you said, yes. to, to finish to finish the, the week, there's the kind of rough few games to end it. But but you know, overall, what could have been this could have been a discussion here of like, do you play him in the second half or do you bring up you know Peraza who's destroying AAA? Uh, the Yankees have been pretty outward of and saying that you know there's there's no change here. He's he's the shortstop, but this would have been a really awkward All Star break if he's still batting to you know batting under you know 170 like he was. So power numbers are there. You said you know 13 home runs, 16 stolen bases after the first 90 games. You know 2020 rookie season. You know stolen base and RBI and uh, home runs is not bad. You know we could even be seeing you know 25, 25. But I want to see those those stolen bases jump. Get some cause some chaos on the bases. Um, and kind of manufacture runs because the, the team is the team is struggling. I'd rather him get thrown out at third base to end an inning versus a, a weak you know a weak ground ball or something, not to end it but you know steal a base. Then um, then you know someone rolling over and getting a weak ground ball. So we'll have to have to see where where, where that all ends up here. So let's uh, any thoughts on Cole? It just I think it's nice that just it's Cole um, gets the All Star game start first of his career. Definitely has earned it throughout his career and just happens to be his throw day. Uh, I'm expecting him to throw some gas and come out but then you know like you said the Yankees then are, are out west with the with the Rockies here some more uh interleague play uh the Yankees have, have done well in interleague play you know they're you know they're playing you know 600 baseball in inner interleague play which which is good so maybe this is a, a good start but then you you mentioned that the, str- the schedule here is going to be uh super important in the second half
1: I'm so excited Cole starting. I am just going to throw some bullets out there, start off this game with a 1-2-3 inning for the American League, and then, like you said, the attention turns to the second half, and these are season-defining games because it's a tight race for the wild card. You mentioned it. I wasn't even paying attention to it. The Red Sox are now only a game back of the Yankees and have dominated the season series so far. The Red Sox are 5-1 and this is schedule i know the rockies have not been great but going out to denver that high altitude it's a place where the yankees have not played since 2016 i want to say uh they might have been out there in 2019 or 21 I, I i don't believe so i think 2016 was the last time they played there and then they go out and face Trout and Otani for three games.
0: Well, Trout's out. Trout's, Trout's got the injury they got. Thankfully, you know, I would love to see him playing. But, you know, it's going to be the Otani show out there. And I, I wonder where they're going to pitch him. Is Otani scheduled to, to make a start? I mean, it would be nice to miss Otani is what I'm getting at. Even though it's fun to watch him play, it would be, it'd be nice to miss him out, out in L.A. here. And that's going to be a hot topic here because the Angels have really fallen off since Trout has gotten hurt. Is is Otani going to be on the market? So the Yankees can kind of help themselves here. Could they go out and sweep the Angels, and then the Angels start thinking about you know selling off uh, selling off Otani? And the Yankees got to be—I don't think he ever signs with the Yankees long term. But I, I, if he's available, the Yankees have to be all in on Otani, even though the price is going to be absurd for a uh, a rental piece.
1: If he has a few more years like this. Four or five more years. Is he the best player we've ever seen? I think he has
0: like two more years. Yeah. This is this year is stupid. Like I I, I know we talked you we always our team judge last year and getting the the MVP here, but he's on base to hit more home to hit sixty two home runs right now. And then also could win a Cy Young. It's 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 insane. And then to think all of that, he could be available at the trade deadline for the, the highest bidder for a rental player. Like, imagine Aaron Judge was available for teams to trade for last year when he was chasing 62. Like, this is an unbelievable impact bat. Oh, and he can have an arm for us. You know, you slot him in there, Cole, Otani and, and then Carlos, that one, two, three, then you say whatever. Then you say, all right, see you, Stanton. You're, 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 you're going to be on the bench three times a week here because we're going to give Otani DH. Or, you know, Stanton's been playing the, the outfield a lot more, you know. Left field has been a black hole. Give me an outfield. Hopefully, Judge comes back. Of you know, Judge, Bader, Stanton, and Otani at the DH. I'm getting excited here, and I don't care what it's going to cost a ton. It's going to cost you know, uh, it's going to cost Peraza. It's going to cost you know, Jason Dominguez. It's going to cost you know, some some really highly touted guys here. But if, if that's the play here, you hope Judge is healthy enough that the Yankees are going to be in these sweepstakes. Assuming Otani is going to be on the market.
1: Imagine Judge and Otani in the same batting order.
0: No, <laughs> I, I, I want to, but no. <laughs> it, it's 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 going to be so we'll, but that that's going to be the talk of that's going to be all over major league baseball coming out of the All-Star break. That's what baseball kind of needs, you know. All-Star break, give us, you know, a little excitement, Home Run Derby brought brought a little bit of fireworks here, but you know, Yankees out west with the possibility to, you know, put some damage and and fear of the the Angels having to sell a, sell off Otani will be will be wild, but if also, if you're Otani, if you're watching the Yankees, you're, you're not thinking you want to come here either because they can't hit the ball. But that's, what we, that's something that we could use. That lefty bat at Yankee Stadium, something, something else. After that, then they got the, the Royals and then two more versus the Mets here. So like you said, these aren't, these aren't scary teams. Rockies, Angels, Royals, Mets. That's an opportunity, again, for the Yankees to, to, to start collecting wins before you get back into the division play. This is a very large 11 game stretch to start the second half. You cannot, you come out weak here, and then you're going into Baltimore, Houston, Tampa. Like, season could be over. You got, you got to figure out this stretch here.
1: Season defining. These are four straight non playoff teams that the Yankees get. I really, really hope, well, but it would not shock me if things didn't. I mean, I texted you yesterday, Steve. This team is fucking mid right now. The, mm-hmm. the, the midness of this team is out of control. I, I'm a little surprised they're 49 and 42. But the good news, it's all right in front of them. Rockies, Halos, Royals, Mets, like you said, because it's at Baltimore against Tampa and
0: Houston um, during, during the next few series. The, no no one's over 500. The, the Angels are the, under 500 now. The Angels are under 500. Um, the Rockies are dead last. Rockies have 34 wins. You gotta come out and you gotta sweep the Rockies right off the bat. the
1: The Baltimore series is going to be another crucial series like this past one was, and that leads right up to the trade deadline.
0: It's gonna be a fun, fun, fun month of Yankees baseball. So let's finish it off here. We just give me. A, we can go back and forth here. Um, couple, like one or two things that you you need to see happen in this eleven game stretch. To to get excited for the trade deadline and you know the rest of the ha- second half of the year.
1: The Yankees need to go five and one between Colorado and the Halos, and they need to sweep the Royals. And the Subway Series is weird. Take yeah. one or two. Uh, the the that would put you in really good position headed into the Baltimore Series. And Brian Cashman make a trade.
0: Get get Cody Bellinger. Uh, I just you took, took the
1: words out of my mouth.
0: Get get him here in by the Baltimore series. So get these go, go, go eight and three here. And then you have the Baltimore series, which is four days before the deadline, have him in that lineup or, you know, for that, for that game. That's, that's, what I think and then we need to, I need, I need to see something positive about Aaron judge the next two weeks. Cause I'm starting to get nervous. Give me, give me something. Give me, I don't care if it's just a little clip of him holding a bat, walking to the batting cage. Give me some positivity. Uh, of of Aaron Judge, give me give me DJ LeMayhew get a four hit game at some point. I need those two things there. Give me Rodon. I, I need. That was a great first start. The guy's a psycho. I just saw him like cursing on the mound. It was awesome. I, he if he he's in, he can give some fire into this team from that mound, you know. Then then you know that could be a, a big difference maker here too. If you know you get a one two, and then you see what else the you know, the rest of it is. But a one two of of Garrett and Carlos. Um, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very excited here. So I love that he's, he's starting us off game one versus the Rockies here. Game, I need, he looked good. His pitch count looked good. He's gonna be building, still building it up here. Give me, give me seven plus from, uh, from him first, in, 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 first game back on Friday.
1: He's gonna be setting the tone for the Yankees out of the break, and there, there's no
0: doubt that he can be the guy to do that. He's... I, I want him to set the tone for the whole in, in the dugout, in the clubhouse. Hey, be like, hey, sorry I missed the first half. I was injured, but it's time to fucking go right now. Hearing him screaming like on a, on a, like a cheap base hit was was awesome. Um, I, I, was, I wish we we were able to win that game, but you know he looked good. He he you know get, I mean, Bellinger Bellinger hit that ball to to the moon. But hopefully he'll be in the Yankees lineup uh, the rest of the year too. So we don't we don't obviously don't have to worry about him playing with the Cubs. But he could be. You're gonna have other teams here. You're gonna have the you said the Red Sox you have caught up too. You're gonna have these guys that we want at the deadline. It's gonna be everybody in the AL East bidding for the best players. It's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath in the east, you know, these next 2 months here. So, the Yankees better get rested. They better sleep, you know, like like Cole pitch, you know, a, a game at the a pick, inning at the All-Star game, but everybody else just go into a coma for 72 hours and sleep and, and get rested and get ready for the get fired up for the second half.
1: Let's do this. It's right in front of us. The Yankees have great pitching. It's time for the offense to to pick things up and like I said, to get me really excited, Brian Cashman needs to make a trade in the next week or so. By the end of the next business
0: week. <laughs> business week. We'll give you the business week, Brian. we give you the end of the business week. Perfect there. We'll wrap it up, and we'll come back at the end of the next business week to see if Brian Cashman has met Sam's demands. <laughs> but it's it's been a rough first half, Sam. We've been fighting through it here. But 49 and 42, and like you it's said. It's hard
1: to believe when you say rough first half, and that's the record. That's and- Yankees
0: baseball. Yeah. That, that's the expectations we sent here. One, one game back of the Blue Jays and Astros, who are 50 and 41, uh, for that second and third wild card spot, and then the Orioles at 54 and and 35. So the the, the young Orioles are, have arrived, and it's going to be a battle here. Those are the four teams. I still don't believe in the Red Sox, but those are the four teams battling for three spots, and we'll we'll see if the Yankees can can bring the life and make it to it. So we'll be around for whole second half of the year. Thanks, for listening for the first half of the year, uh, podcasting. In pinstripes with with Sam and Steve, make it happen. Make it happen, Yankees. Don't let us be disappointed. We like to come here and, and talk good vibes here. So let's, send send the good vibes out, Sam, and lead us into the second half.
1: Good vibes only. Pitching elite. <laughs> the trade, Aaron Judge come back, and and let's get number 28.
0: Let's do it. Alright, we'll see you guys soon.
1: Go Yanks!